Welcome to the Wounded Under Shepherds podcast. This is Dr. Bill Scott, your host. If this is the first time joining in, I welcome you, but would encourage you to go back and listen to the initial podcast and some of the previous podcasts to get a better understanding of the purpose and mission of this particular podcast. This podcast arose as a result of my own journey of deep wounding in the pastoral ministry. I share this not to uh, bash the church nor to garner pity from anyone. Rather, I share this because I know that there are many servants of the Lord who have been deeply wounded along the way and who bear emotional scars that words cannot really convey. These men of God, they seek neither pity nor attention, but need to be reminded of God's faithfulness as found in Hebrews 6.10. There we are told in the Word of God, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward His name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. While this passage of Scripture is not specifically addressed to pastors in its original context, uh, in its broader context, certainly pastors under shepherds would have been included uh, and is included. Over the brief history of this podcast, uh, various topics have been addressed. One of the topics that had the most downloads was the topic of depression. Today's topic is closely associated with depression. Uh, That is, uh, the pastors who struggle uh, with suicidal ideation. This is a topic that is uh, seldom, if ever, discussed. The very mention of the word is often controversial in Christian circles. Uh, The idea that a pastor would even consider taking his own life uh, to some is outrageous uh, and to others uh, anger-producing. Before dealing specifically with this subject, let us examine some biblical concepts related to this matter. In Exodus 20, Uh, verse 13, the scripture simply says, you shall not murder. Often that is translated in the King James and several other translations, the word kill is used. And while the word kill can be used uh, in its uh, deeper understanding, the word is actually murder. The Hebrew word translated murder is the Hebrew word resah, which means to slay. The idea involves premeditation. In other words, God was forbidding the taking of other people's lives through premeditation. Life is sacred, and since everyone is created in the image of God, no one has the right to usurp God's place through planning and scheming to take another person's life. It's important to distinguish between premeditated murder and war. There are a multitude of men uh, and women uh, nowadays, perhaps, uh, who have seen action uh, in combat, uh, and so therefore they carry with them a sense of guilt, a sense of shame, thinking that they're doomed to hell because they had to take the life of the enemy in order to survive. 
But that is not what Exodus 20.13 means. God condemns the taking of innocent lives through plotting and scheming with premeditation. It's important, uh, as I said earlier, to distinguish between premeditated murder and war. There are numerous examples in the Old Testament where God instructed uh, some of his servants to go and kill people, uh, to wipe out an entire people group, uh, uh, take out a city, uh, or individuals. So we need to be faithful to the word of God here when the scripture says, uh, do not murder. It is talking about uh, someone who is scheming and plotting with the intention of taking the life of another person without just cause. Another verse of scripture that uh, we'll take a look at is found in Galatians five nineteen through 21. And I'm not going to read that entire passage, but I'm going to start off with verse 19 and then jump ahead. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are, and then it has a whole list of, of things, and then it comes uh, to the word envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Of course, Paul here is addressing the Galatian Christians, and he's uh, cautioning them against uh, uh, living in the flesh. Um, and one last verse, uh, and not that this is the only other verse that we could find in Scripture, because there are many others, but this particular verse found in Revelation 21.8. This verse also includes a list of individuals who will have their part in the lake of fire. Uh, among those uh, are those uh, who are called liars, but the word murderers appears here as well, those who slay others. So killing other people with premeditation is forbidden by God. Those who practice murdering other people who plot and scheme with the intention of, of taking an innocent person's life, that is the murderer. That is what uh, Exodus 20 verse 13 was speaking about. Uh, and so uh, we are told clearly in Scripture that those who practice such things, and note the word practice, this doesn't mean that a person who has been guilty of murder cannot be forgiven if they earnestly, genuinely repent before God. They too can be forgiven. But if it's a lifestyle, if it's something one engages in or uh, practices on an ongoing basis, uh, then that person uh, will not inherit the kingdom of God, uh, and murderers will have their part in the lake of fire. So here is where Christians struggle and unfortunately divide. Suicide, that is the taking of one's own life, is it not self-murder? If no murderer will inherit the kingdom of God, and they shall be cast into the lake of fire, does that include those who take their own lives? Now, I don't ask this question lightly. This is not a, a, a something to pass over lightly. 
it is a very serious question with great implications in it. Some argue that those who take their own lives will go to hell. Others argue they will not go to hell. Before going any further, I would like to offer several disclaimers. Number one, I broach this topic not as a professional counselor. The podcast is anecdotal in nature, and it is not intended to offer expertise in the area of suicidal ideation. That is, those who have ideas of killing themselves. Secondly, if you are having thoughts of harming yourself, I plead with you to seek help. Call the National Suicide Crisis Line. The hotline is simple 988. That's all you got to do. And if you don't want to call, you can even text them. Everything that is shared through that, whether it's text or talk, is confidential. And it's free. And it's available 24-7, 365. This podcast is concerned with the reality of suicidal ideation that exists among pastors. No, there's not a pandemic of pastors considering killing themselves. But in trying to do research, while there is scant information out there regarding this issue, uh, there is information out there if one wants to dig long and hard enough. Um, In my years of pastoral ministry, indelibly burned in my memory was the completed suicide of a local pastor. I was a young pastor in my first church, and word uh, reached me through one of my church members. Uh, I received a phone call, and they had informed me that a particular local Baptist pastor had committed suicide by jumping to his death. This pastor had parked his car on the bridge and he jumped into the lake below, which was some two or three hundred feet below. Certainly this sent shock waves throughout the area. It raised many questions, especially in the realm of faith. I remember attending this pastor's funeral. It was the first time I had experienced such a traumatic event. How could a pastor commit suicide? What mental anguish had driven this poor brother to the point of literally jumping to his death, feeling that there was no hope? There were many other questions that I grapple with. As the years have passed, when when I discuss this uh, experience, I still struggle with uh, feelings of anguish in my spirit. For this brother. Over the years, I have discovered, however, that he was not a unique case. Over the course of my ministerial life, some 35 plus years now, I have heard of pastors who have committed this act. Several that I know of, I do not know the pastor, did not know the pastors personally, but know of the situation, uh, were several, uh, many years apart and in different areas of the country. They had actually gone into their 
sanctuary of the church they were pastoring and committed suicide within the church walls. Such things are gut-wrenching, perplexing, and right down scary. So were all these pastors, were they crazy? Did they lose their salvation? Were they all hypocrites? Did they all go to hell? Those are questions that we have to grapple with as those who are left behind. What does the Bible teach about people who commit suicide? We only have two recorded stories uh, that I can remember off the top of my head, and there may be others, but the two that immediately comes to my mind is, of course, first and foremost, Judas Iscariot, who committed suicide. Uh, and then, of course, there was King Saul, the first king of Israel. And, in, of course, in both instances, those were horrible things. Uh, but otherwise, the scripture really does not address this issue of self-murder. Unless you draw from the other scripture passages that I shared in just a, a little bit ago in this podcast, unless you draw from them... Uh, that people who commit suicide are going to hell. Well, I, I have a problem with that, and here's the problem it presents. If we truly believe the words of God, if we believe the words of Jesus, when Jesus told uh, his disciples in John's Gospel, chapter 10, verses 27 through 30, when he was speaking about, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. And he went on to talk about no one was able to pluck them out of his hand, nor out of the Father's hand, and so forth. Does that not apply to the pastor who was genuinely saved, genuinely called, but reached a point in his life where his mental health or and or his spiritual health diminished to a point where he thought the only way out was to commit self-murder. These are tough issues, and I don't tread on these lightly, uh, but these are things that we have to grapple with. God alone knows the heart of every person. God alone knows how we are made up. There's a number of sources I've found uh, that uh, deals with this issue of pastoral suicide or and or depression. The first source I found, uh, I found online in the Christian Post. It was an article uh, written by Le Leonardo Blair, B-L-A-I-R, Leonardo Blair. Uh, he authored an article entitled, In Isolated World of Pastors, Church's Mum on Troubling Clergy Suicides. This article was published in March of 2018. It's an interesting article to go read. Another resource I found uh, is Lifeway Research that published an article in August of 2022, more recent, and it was entitled Dealing with Depression When You're the Pastor. And the author of that particular article, which you can find online as well, is uh, Marty Duren, D-U-R-E-N, Marty Duren. And he tackled the issue of depression. 
and he offers some suggestions on how to deal with it. He didn't offer um, empty cliches. He didn't offer pat answers. Um, even the Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who many people uh, in the evangelical world, even if you're not a Baptist, many people look up to Charles Haddon Spurgeon as one of the great all-time preachers. He suffered from such debilitating bouts of depression. You can go online and look up his biography. Uh, you can do the research for yourself. But this brother, uh, he preached to people as many as 10,000 at one time while in England as a young preacher. But he struggled with great bouts of depression, and I'm not talking about just the blues. It was so debilitating that he could not function at times for a period of time. So depression is no respecter of persons. Uh, we look up to Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Would anyone dare say that Charles Haddon Spurgeon uh, needed more faith? Would anyone dare suggest that Charles Haddon Spurgeon uh, had a spiritual problem? Uh, there might be some who are that bold, but I think most people would never even entertain such a thought. One of the difficulties associated with depression as a pastor can be that of shame. Now, I did a podcast uh, back several months ago on the issue of depression, and while it certainly wasn't comprehensive in nature, it, it deals with uh, more uh, detail than I'm going to deal with here. But, as I said, one of the difficulties associated with depression as a pastor is that sense of shame. After all, how could a pastor ever acknowledge that he struggled with depression? I mean, isn't that a lack of faith? Doesn't that mean that his faith is weak and uh, there's something wrong with his walk with God? Let alone talk about thoughts of suicide. Theologically conservative evangelicals, and I'm one of those, uh, we struggle the most with this, perhaps. There's definitely a spiritual aspect to depression and suicidal ideation, uh, in my personal opinion. Some believe that if you just pray more, or praise the Lord more, that that'll solve your problem. That's all that's needed. This problem will go away. Others believe that if you just had more faith, uh, that that would resolve the problem. Put another way, if you had more faith, then you wouldn't be experiencing depression, or even entertaining thoughts of Suicide. Regardless of what you and I believe, what do you do when you find yourself in deep depression? Oh, I know, we deny it. We try to explain it away. We try to spiritualize it away. I've been there. I've done that. So I'm not talking about book theory here. I'm speaking from personal experience. And I wish I could say I only had that one time in my entire life, but I'd be lying to you. Pastors suffer in silence. They are prisoners to shame and the fear of what others will think or say if they were to discover that their pastor doesn't have it all together and that their pastor isn't a super saint. 
This is an opportunity for our adversary to afflict us even more. Because we're ashamed to talk about depression, because, uh, uh, in part because of spiritual pride uh, and human pride, not quite sure there are differences between those two. Maybe the word pride alone is the key word we need to focus on there. But the point is, brothers, that as a pastor, we are looked up to. We are held to a higher standard. Whether it's fair or not, we are. And in our human pride, the enemy takes advantage of the shame that we experience if we're struggling with depression. I'm not talking about just the blues that go away in a day or two. I'm talking about deep depression. And if that depression leads one to thoughts of ending their own life, that's even more shameful to discuss or to even acknowledge. So the enemy takes advantage of that. He heaps upon us shame. He heaps upon us guilt. When a pastor finds himself in the dark pit of despair, Satan enjoys shooting his fiery darts at us. He hurls accusations at us. You're a failure. God doesn't love you. God is so ashamed of you. There's no way that you could even be saved thinking about killing yourself or that you're depressed. Where's your faith? You might as well go ahead and kill yourself. The world would be better off without you. Do you recognize any of those words? Have you heard those words in your own mind, in your own spirit? Well, I can assure you they're not from the Holy Spirit. They're from our enemy. But because we as pastors do not deal uh, honestly with this issue of depression, and quite honestly, sometimes we don't know who to go talk to, even though we might be willing Please hear me clearly. When we are in a state of depression, indeed, we should pray more. We should praise the Lord more, even when we don't feel like it. Remember God's promises of never leaving or forsaking you. But you must also remember that God loves you, and nothing will ever change that. Pastor, if you're experiencing deep depression, please know that you are not the first nor will you be the last, nor are you alone. Seek professional help. If you are giving thoughts of harming yourself, that is, ending your own life, thinking that your life is worthless now, that it'll never be any better, that on and on and on, please call 988 or reach out to a trusted friend who at the least can just sit and listen as you pour your heart out and your anguish, and your pain. Unless you have an organic organic issue going on in your brain, you're not crazy. You're overwhelmed. And you need someone that is trustworthy to air your pain to. Yes, absolutely, ultimately our Lord. But you know, God uses people too, and we need people. We would never tell someone who's been diagnosed with diabetes or heart attack, or any other physical malady. We, we would never even think about telling them, well, if you'll just pray more, or if you'll have enough faith, or if you'll have more faith, 
then all this will be well. We would never even think that way. Why then do we tell pastors or Christians, just pray about it, just read your Bible, pray about it. Well, those are good things, and yes, we should do both those things. But sometimes people just need someone that cares enough to listen. Don't throw your life away. If you find yourself at a point so low that you actually believe that you would be better off dead, it isn't true. I know I've been there myself. God never shames us. He convicts us. Reach out for help. Feel free to email me at sonoflight at outlook.com S-O-N sonoflight at outlook.com Father God, I pray for that pastor who perhaps is listening to this podcast. I'll never know who they are, and that's okay, Lord. I pray for that pastor who's listening, who feels hopeless, who feels that he's at his end, who perhaps has even been entertaining thoughts of ending his own life, and maybe he's even at a point where he's contemplating what would be the easiest way to end his life. God, if there's a pastor brother who's listening, would you just, through your Holy Spirit, give him a big hug, help him to know, Lord, that you are not ashamed of him, that you have called him, and Lord, that yes, we are commanded to cast our cares upon you because you do care for us. But Lord, I also know that there are times we can be so low that we don't even know how to pray. We don't know what to pray. So if there's a brother listening, Father, would you just encourage his heart right now. Let him know that he is not alone, that he has nothing to be ashamed of in reaching out for help. And that you would guide him, Lord, to that help that he needs. In Jesus' name, amen. May God richly bless you.